So we're on week three of our current teaching on the sower, and uh, we've, covered, we've covered a lot of ground. If you weren't here for the first two weeks, uh, get the CD. They're in the back. They're free. You can listen to them on our podcast or on our website. But we've been talking about seed, because Jesus says that the kingdom of God is as if a man was to sow seed, to sow seed. And we've seen, and we're, we're going to discuss this, what the seed is. And then we found out who the seed is. And it's amazing to think that Jesus Christ was the seed that was sown into the ground that produced the tree, that mustard seed, the, a, a, a seed that is only, it's one of the smallest of all the herbs, but it grows into a huge tree. And we've seen that this grace of God, the kingdom of God, that even the birds of the air, which is, is the negative thing, it's, a, it's those that, that eat up the word of God, are blessed. They take shelter in that tree. Because we're not the birds of the air. We, we are his branches. He is the vine. We are the branches. We're part of the tree. And what people fail to realize is that this entire human race, this world has been blessed through the through the work of Jesus Christ. That we are under a time of grace where sin is not being held against us. That's amazing. There are people walking the streets today that, that they don't realize that the grace of God is all over them as they walk the streets. In Mark chapter 4, verse 2 Jesus is teaching this parable, and he says, Then he taught them many things by parables and said to them in his teaching, Listen, behold, a sower went out to sow, and it happened as he sowed that some fell on the wayside, and the birds of the air came and devoured it. Some fell on the stony ground where it did not have much earth, and immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, it was scorched, and because it had no root, it withered away. Verse 7, And some fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no crop. But other seed fell on good ground and yielded a crop that sprang up, increased, and produced some thirtyfold, some sixty, and some a hundredfold. And he said to them, He who has ears to hear, let them hear. And we found out that the seed that was sown is the word of God. But it's not just any word of God. John tells us that the word became flesh and it dwelt among us. And in Romans, it tells us that faith comes by hearing, and hearing by, in your King James, the word of God. But it's literally, if you, the literal translation, the word of Christ. Faith comes by hearing Christ, hearing the gospel. Faith does not, I, I got to say this over and over again. The, the Bible literally says that the law is not of faith. If the law is not of faith, and the just shall live by faith, and it's impossible to please God without faith, what should we be preaching? Christ. We should be preaching Christ. That will produce the faith that pleases God. Amen. The only thing that pleases God is not your works. 
It's Christ. It's your faith in Christ. And your works happen because that's your nature, not because you have to. You showed up to church today, hopefully not because you had to, but because you get to. This is your new nature. You want to hear about the kingdom of God. You want to learn and operate in the kingdom of God. This seed needs to be sown in us. Jesus is the word of God. Jesus was sown into the world. We read, we read this, this, this uh, parable here, and, and the sower went out and sowed seed, right? And he did not just sow seed where he thought it would grow. He flung it everywhere. He flung it everywhere. He threw it everywhere. He threw it on, the, on the, the, the wayside. He threw it in the stony ground. He threw it in the weeds. He threw it everywhere. And we, as the body of Christ, are not to judge the ground We're supposed to judge our ground, but not other people's ground, because you don't know what's going to produce a crop. We sow everywhere. Some some of the people that you think, oh, they're they're never going to receive the word of God, they're the ones that receive it and go headlong into it, just on fire. We are to sow the word to everyone. And we're not to judge. We we talked last week about the the parable of the of the, the wheat. And the tares, the wheat and the tares, that the church wants to go out and just pull up all the tares. But Jesus says, no, leave them alone. Wait till the end, wait till the harvest, because you can't tell as it's growing if it's a tare or if it's wheat. But once it matures, the wheat bends and bows to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. But like the Pharisees, that stood in their own righteousness, tares stand tall, and their seed is black, where wheat seeds are golden. That's amazing. It's not our job to judge the hearts of men. Our job is to preach the gospel, tell them the good news. And another thing that we learned from the, the parable of the these, um, wheat and the tares is that the church likes to blame the evil in the world on God. They came to the farmer and said, didn't you plant good seed? Didn't you plant good seed? Then why are all these tares coming up? And the farmer said, an enemy has done this. While you were sleeping, an enemy came in and planted the tares. While the church sleeps, the enemy comes in and plants tares. God is not responsible for the evil in the world. We are. We are responsible for the evil in the world. Amen. So today, we're going to be looking at the different types of ground. In a seed, a seed in it has in it, it's almost, it's almost magical that this seed in here can be put in the ground and it dies in the ground and comes alive and produces some 30, some 60, some 100 fold. Everything that's in this seed, everything that this, this, that plant, that plant needs is in this seed. And everything that you need is in the seed 
of Jesus Christ that was engrafted, you were engrafted into. Everything you need, you already have. The power of the seed. And Jesus compared the kingdom of God to seed. And it can't be corrupted. You can't, scientists can make a seed. They can, they can screw around with a the seed. They can try to uh, make it have different characteristics and stuff like that. But they cannot reproduce a, a seed that will be put in the ground and grow. They can make it look just like a seed. But it has no life in it. God is the one that empowers everything to live. It's amazing. It's amazing. The soil is, is the variable in our life. The seed already has everything in it to produce. But the soil is going to either cause it to be fruitful or it's going to cause it to be unfruitful. It's not the seed's fault that it doesn't produce a harvest. It has everything. It's incorruptible. It has everything it needs in it to produce the harvest. But the condition of men's hearts, the soil that it's being planted into, that determines whether it's fruitful or not. So we've seen in this parable here that there's four types of soil. And they all represent the condition of men's heart. And really, if you look at this, this is kind of like maturing in Christ. There was a time in our life where we really didn't want anything to do with God. We were on the wayside. We heard about God. We heard the word. We might have heard a preaching about it, and we just disregarded it as, I don't have time for it, nonsense, or whatever it might be. And, and the, the birds of the air just came and took it away. And then, the, then we heard more and more about it, and all of a sudden it started producing in that stony ground. But we didn't have much maturity. We didn't have much depth. Our heart was still a little hard. And, it had, and, it, and when the things of life came out. We couldn't stand on the Word of God, and it withered and didn't produce. And then the weedy ground, that's, that's where a lot of Christians are. The cares of this world, the cares of this world, we, we get so wrapped up in kids, we get so wrapped up in, in uh, um, school and the, in our um, careers and just sports and all of these things, and it chokes out the Word of God in our life. And then we get to the place where we have good ground. And that's when we put the word of God at first place in our life. And we find out that when we put the word of God first place in our life, all those cares of the world are taken care of. That's walking in grace. That's walking in the promises, the promises of God. But today we're going to be looking at the, at the number one condition, the, way, the wayside. And seeing that most of us have no clue where our food comes from, Right? Yes, kids say, you know, where's hamburger come from? Well, it comes from the grocery store. Comes in a little package. Where's cornflakes come from? Well, that comes from the grocery store. It's in a box, and they used to have toys in it, but not anymore. But uh, people, people don't have any concept. See, Jesus shared these parables with people that understood. A good teacher always shares things in a way that it's understandable. And so Jesus was sharing this and, and seeing that a lot of us don't have any idea of what it even means to sow. A lot of people, I would say that you might think, well, that's sewing clothes. But most people don't even sew clothes anymore. So that's even a concept we don't know. 
So seeing that we don't know, I'm going to help you guys out today. I got Farmer Joe that's going to uh, discuss and do some illustration on what Jesus was talking about through this parable. So let's take a look at Farmer Joe. Oh, got it. Came from a local farm supply, and we'll put a portion of that in my little bag here. So they would, they would hold this bag and that quantity of wheat about like that, and take it handful at a time, and sow the wheat like this. So this, this is a good seed grade wheat here. Probably germination of 85% plus, which is normal. Let's go out and sow a little of this. Well, I've been a lifelong farmer. I was born and reared on a farm in the Cortner Station or Normandy community of Bedford County, about 45 miles south of here. In my lifetime, I remember wheat is when I was just old enough to remember. Wheat is what we call a winter annual, and generally speaking, it would be sowed in the fall. It stays at an immature stage during the winter, matures in the spring, early summer, and then harvested, and the land is left open until the cool weather starts in the fall, and then re the seed again for the next crop the next year. Okay, this is a lane or a walkway or a heavy use area here which is quite compacted and hard and it would be impossible to get a good stand of wheat or any crop on an area like this and this is very similar to what you would find in the roadways uh, between property lines of years ago and hand sowing or any any sowing like that you have some seeds that will fly or carry further than others and you would get it in that margin there. And it wouldn't be just precise like digging a row of planting in the garden. That it broadcast it would some of it would go further than others. So that would be some scattering out on the hard ground or the paths. You know, birds are scavengers. And they'll pick up anything that's edible that's loose. Uh, whether it might have been pigeons or ravens or what have you. Uh, you sow down the seed and and the birds would fly in behind and pick up a lot of it. I would not make a good bootlegger because it spilled too much. begin with the broadcast method of just sowing it on top of the soil and then in some way scarifying that soil surface to incorporate the seed or give better seed soil contact. So that's what I did with this little disc. Earlier we sowed that broadcast on top of the soil there and then I came back with this disc and just scratched that a little bit or scarified it so that the seed would have some loose soil to make contact with so that it would germinate more readily and have a better chance of growth. I think that's what would have happened many, many years ago in biblical times that uh, uh, they probably uh, sowed it on hard ground or almost hard ground and then came back, 
some way it drugged something over it or scarified that surface to give them better seed soil contact so to get better germination. My little tractor here is almost as old as I am. This is a 1964 model 2020 John Deere. It's just as handy as it can be. It's big enough to do a lot of jobs and not too large to do a lot of jobs. Happened to be gasoline powered rather than diesel powered. We'll check in, back in with Farmer Joy as we go, go through this, but that, that just illustrates you. It gives you a kind of a, some word pictures of what Jesus was talking about. Mark chapter 4, verse 15. And it happened as he sowed that some seed fell on the wayside, and the birds of the air came and devoured it. See, Jesus, the, the disciples didn't really understand this parable and so um, they asked Jesus to explain it to them. And Jesus said that if you cannot understand this parable, how, how can you understand any of the parables that I teach you? So this parable is, is fundamental to understanding how God operates, how the kingdom of God operates. If you're wondering why the word of God is not working in your life, why it seems like you've been going to church and there's no fruitfulness in your life, you really need to pay attention to these teachings because Jesus was explaining to the disciples how the kingdom of God works. And in Matthew, he gives the, gives the explanation of the wayside. In Matthew chapter 13, verse 19, he says, When anyone hears the word of God and does not understand it, then the wicked one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is he who receives seed by the wayside. See, the soil represents our heart. And Jesus talks about that that generation, that their hearts have waxed grossed, has become hard. And that, that understanding of your heart waxing gross, is, it's, it's the process. Your heart does not become hard just overnight. It's a little bit and a little bit. A perfect example of, of your heart getting hard is candle making. It starts out, your heart is the string, and you dip it down in the wax. You pull it out, and it cools. Then you dip it down in the wax. You pull it out, and it cools. And you do that process over and over again, and it gets a thicker and thicker coating on it, and it becomes harder and harder. And that's what happens to our hearts. Every single one of us sitting in this room right here has experienced God, has experienced the love of God, has experienced Jesus. When we, every single person walking those streets, when they were a child, they knew that there was a God. They knew there was a God. Well, Chad, how can you say that? Because the, the Word of God says it. It says that all humanity knows that there is a God, but they choose to worship the creation rather than the Creator. Everyone knows there's a God. But the things of life hit us. Parents, teachers, bullies, whatever it might be, the wrong self-image. You know, that, that, that voice that comes and tells you you're no good, you're not going to amount to anything, or you're ugly, or whatever, whatever it might be. And our hearts start waxing gross. Our hearts become hard. And they become hard to the things of God. And just like our hearts became hard, not overnight, but over a process, it's the same thing with softening our hearts. 
It's a process to get back. Some of you are very soft to certain areas of the Bible, certain areas of the kingdom of God, certain areas of the gospel. But in other areas, you're still hard. In other areas, you're still self-dependent. In other areas, you're not trusting and relying on God in those areas of your life. And so we're going to talk about the, the, first, the first ground, the wayside. And it says that when anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, when you don't understand, understanding the word of God is the first step in the, to allowing the word to penetrate your heart. To penetrate your heart. In Proverbs chapter 4, verse 5 and 7, it says, Get wisdom, get understanding. Do not forget nor turn away from the words of my mouth. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And in all you're getting, get understanding. The dictionary defines wisdom as understanding of what is true, right, and, or lasting. Common sense, good judgment, scholarly learning, knowledge. The dictionary defines understanding as the quality of comprehension, discernment, the faculty by which one understands intelligence, individual or specific judgment or opinion, interpretation, a reconciliation of differences, and an agreement reached between two or more persons or groups. Understanding is the ability to comprehend knowledge. And wisdom is the application of that comprehension or understanding in everyday life. Wisdom is applying the understanding. The first thing we need to do is have an understanding of the Word of God, understanding that God is for us, understanding of the gospel. We have to have understanding, and then we move from that understanding to wisdom. We learn how to take that knowledge, that understanding of God, and apply it to our lives. Knowledge is just information. You can program knowledge into a computer, right? You can take a computer and put a whole bunch of information in it. You, you can program a computer to do your accounting for you. A business can program the computer to do accounting for them, and it can actually find where there's mistakes being made. But it does not have the wisdom to apply that mistake. To, to, is that, was that just a mistake, or was it their corruption? Was there shady, shady business going on? It takes a person with wisdom to apply that knowledge. An engineer. An engineer can have understanding how a bike works. They can design a bike. They can design the perfect bike, and it can be beautiful. But a child, a 12-year-old, can get on that bike and ride it. They can take that understanding and apply wisdom to it and use it. The engineer, if he's never rode a bike before, can actually be worse at applying that wisdom than a 12-year-old child. He has to get on. He has to learn his balance. He has to work it out. And that's the same thing with the kingdom of God. So many people, and I'm getting ahead of myself, but so many people just have knowledge, but they're not using any of it. And so they don't know how to work in the kingdom of God. They don't know how, how to operate in the kingdom of God. They don't know how to produce a harvest in the kingdom of God. And that's how so many people's hearts are. Some people can quote scriptures, 
But if they don't have understanding how to apply or to use the word of God in life, it's useless. It's called, that's called religion. Think about Philip in the, in, in the, the eunuch. In Acts chapter 8, verse 26, it says, But the angel of the Lord spoke to Philip, saying, Get up and go south to the road that descends from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a desert road. So he got up and went, and there was an Ethiopian, a eunuch, a court official of Cadence, queen of the Ethiopians. So this eunuch was coming back from worshiping, and, and he was on a road, and Philip was just having a great revival. He, they were, he was having an awesome revival, and, the, and God says, leave this revival and go out to this desert road. And here he finds this eunuch. And as, he's, as, he's, as he finds this eunuch, the, the Spirit of the Lord speaks to Philip and says, go up and join yourself with this cart. And as he goes up and joins himself to this cart, this eunuch just happens to be reading Scripture, to be reading Scripture. This, this was a very wealthy man. He, he, was, he was part of the court of the queen of the Ethiopians. And he literally took the gospel of Jesus Christ back to that kingdom. So he was reading the Scripture. And as he was re- reading the Scripture, it said that the Spirit said to Philip, Go up and join this, join this chariot. Philip ran up and heard him reading Isaiah the prophet and said, do you understand what you're reading? See, he was reading the word of God, but if you don't have understanding, it does not produce in your life. And he said, well, how could I unless someone guides me? And he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. Verse 32. Now the passage of Scripture which he was reading was this. He was led as a sheep to slaughter, and as a lamb before its shear is silent, so he does not open his mouth. In humiliation, his judgment was taken away. Who will relate to his generation, for his life is removed from the earth? The eunuch answered Philip and said, Please tell me, of whom does this prophet say this is, this, of himself or someone else? And Philip took that scripture and explained the gospel to him, that Jesus Christ was the sacrificial lamb that takes away the sin of the world, the suffering servant that came to redeem humanity. And you know the story. He he preached Jesus. He sold the word. It produced faith in the eunuch, so much faith that he didn't have to have someone say, Hey, the next step is baptism. He says, there's water. Why, why shall I not be baptized? And he jumped out of the chariot, went down in the water, and was baptized. And as he came out of the water, Philip was translated and taken to another place. That's awesome. Amen. Amen. See, understanding is key. Understanding is key. So many people have read the Bible, but they don't read for understanding. Some people read the Bible just to say that they've read the whole Bible. What sense is it to read the whole Bible and not understand it? And that when you get understanding, you realize that the whole Bible is just one story. It's a story of Jesus. And you can literally find Jesus on almost every page of the Bible. When you truly understand the Word of God, 
you understand that it's talking about Jesus. See, we have an understanding of the things of God. Grace by faith. So many people don't have a grasp on this, an understanding that everything in this world is given to us by grace. That Jesus Christ has accomplished it. It is finished. We do not need to ask God for anything because it's already been done in Christ Jesus. We've been redeemed. We have an inheritance. We are seated with Christ in heavenly places. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives in us. He bore our sicknesses. He carried our diseases. And by his stripes we were healed. He became poor that we might be rich. We had the fruit of the Spirit, joy, peace, gentleness, long-suffering. We don't have to struggle with depression. We don't have to, to, to let our tempers control us. We don't have to be controlled by our emotions. We have already got it by grace. But you, I, we have to appropriate it by faith. You have to believe it. You have to trust it. You have to put it into action. Faith without works is dead. You have, to, you have to have understanding. You have to have wisdom. You have to have working knowledge of how the kingdom of God operates. That's why God, one of the gifts of the, to the church are teachers. It's literally pastors and teachers or pastors that teach. The reason why we have Sunday service is not because God needs to make sure you show up every Sunday and put a gold star by your name. It's so that you can be taught. And if you're not being taught here, go find somewhere and get taught. Get understanding. Get wisdom on how the kingdom of God operates. That, that's what it's all about. We, we, we get taught so that we can get understanding. And a good teacher, a good teacher does not stand before you and talk about all the deep things, all the mysteries, all the, 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 the hard things that he knows about. But a good teacher takes the hard things. He takes the deep things. He takes the mystery of God and makes it plain and simple to understand. We're about to do something with our, with our um, youth here. Um, we, we just bought a, pro, a program, it's with a $1,500 program that is going to take the children, our youth, from Gen, Gen, um, Genesis to Revelation. And they're going to have a complete knowledge of the Bible. But the key is, is that in every single teaching, it ties it into Jesus. It shows how Jesus is on every single page. And we're going to be starting that in September. And it's going, to, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome. And when we first talked about this, we first talked about this. Kids are different now than they used to be. There, there were some people that thought, didn't think it was a good idea. They thought, you know, once you get to eighth grade, junior high, high school, you should be able to sit in, a class, in, in, the, in the main service and listen to the sermon. You should be able to sit there and be good and listen to the sermon. And I, I thought about that, and I thought, yeah, that's right. They should be able to. But then I thought about, well, why do we come to church? We come to church to get understanding. And I'd rather have those kids downstairs getting understanding of the Word of God 
than trying to be, discipline themselves to sit and listen to me ramble on. Not that they couldn't pick up stuff from me, but, but, but you have to present things in a way that they can understand. You got, that's why we have children's church right now downstairs. They, they are talking about the gospel. They're talking about the Jesus, to Jesus, to little kids downstairs, but at their level, at their level. You have to, the teacher is not about, look how great I am. The teacher is about coming down to the level and proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ so that they can grasp it and it can produce in their life. They can have understanding and that they can have wisdom. Psalms 119, verse 104. Through your precepts I get understanding. Therefore I hate every false way. A lot of us go down false ways in our life because we don't know their faults. The reason why we don't hate false ways is because we don't know false ways. It seems right in our own eyes, but it leads to destruction. And what he's saying here is the precepts of God, the word of God will give you understanding so that when you are tempted to go in a false way, you're saying, no way am I going down that road. I know, I have understanding of the kingdom of God. I understand who I am in Christ, and I know that that, le- that leads to destruction, and I hate that path. That's how important, that's how important understanding is. And this is a major key to the Christian life. So how do we avoid walking in a false way? One that leads to destruction. By having understanding in God's word and how his kingdom works. Do you realize the only type of person who is prey to the devil is the one who doesn't understand the word? Do you understand that? The devil has no authority over you unless you don't understand that. We have no... We, we are not afraid of the devil. The devil is defeated. His, his fangs have been pulled. It says that the devil goes around like a roaring lion, seeking who he may devour. That's all he has is the roar. Lions don't roar when they're going after prey. They sneak up, and they pounce on the prey. The reason why he roars is just to make you afraid. Because his fangs, Jesus knocked his teeth out. And the only power that he has over your life is what you give him. He's defeated. But if you don't understand the word of God, and you don't understand the promises of God, and you don't know how to apply the promise in the word of God, it's useless to your life. We had, did we have more? We had prayer. I'm jumping around. Prayer. Do we know how to pray? We can teach on praying, but do you pray? Do you pray? Do you pray for other people? Healing. We teach on healing. Do you pray for the other people? Do you, do you lay hands on the sick and see them recover? See, it's one thing to have knowledge of healing. It's under, to have the scriptures and quote it. But when someone comes up to you and says, I'm not feeling good today, or the doctor said this or that, Unless you take wisdom of the Word of God and use the knowledge that you have in the Word of God and lay hands on the sick, you will not have a harvest. You will not have healing. 
You can talk about a design of a bicycle all you want, but if you never get on the bike and try to ride it, what good is it? You don't really know how it works. You don't have experience in it. And if you don't have experience in it, you can't have the joy of riding a bike. Right? Oh, my goodness. Are you guys awake? The authority of the believer. I can teach on the authority of the believer, and you can have understanding of it, but if you don't apply it with wisdom and use your authority, how do you use your authority? Say unto this mountain, be ye removed into this and cast into the sea. By saying, by speaking, just like Jesus, we are to mimic Jesus. That's what a Christian means. The word Christian means little Christs. And do you know who called the Christians Christians? Non-Christians. They literally were calling the non-Christians were calling Christians They're like little Christ, the little anointed ones, like little Jesus is all over. The authority of the believer. Have you ever used your authority before? Have you ever said, we got a picnic today, and it will not rain? The forecast is seeing rain, and it will not rain. We, we have our endless summer every single year, and it's outdoors, and we, we, we put a lot of money out to have it, and it will not rain. We just had our baptismal, and it was supposed to be raining all day. It did not rain. We had that outdoor wedding yesterday, and it, 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 they were calling for rain. It was supposed to be coming in. It was beautiful. The wind was blowing. It wasn't humid. We got all done. They got their pictures taken. They got to the reception hall, and it rained. Well, that just happenstance. Well, you don't have understanding. You have authority. But if you don't put it into action, if you don't use it and don't have understanding, it just gets stolen away. It doesn't produce a harvest. Prosperity, righteousness, holiness, forgiveness. These are all things that we teach. The church teaches it every single Sunday. But if you don't apply it, if you don't believe it, if you don't put faith to it, it doesn't produce. It doesn't produce. Matthew 13, 19. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, So who is he talking about here? He's talking about people that hear the word and don't understand it. Then the wicked one comes and snatches away. What was sown in his heart? This is he who receives seed by the wayside. Satan is after the word. Satan is after the word. Do you know why your flesh doesn't like to read the Bible? Do you know why your flesh doesn't like to listen to teachings? Do you know why your flesh would rather stay in bed than come to church on a Sunday morning? It's because Satan does not want you to get the word. Because if you get the word, then there's a chance that you're going to get understanding. And if you get understanding, then it's going to produce a harvest in your life. And once you taste the goodness of God, once you experience 
God manifest in your life, once you experience miracles, once you experience prayers being answered, once you experience revelation knowledge, when you read the Bible, and all of a sudden, you know that God's speaking to you. You'll be addicted to it. And it'll change your life. And when your life gets changed, you're going to go out and change other people's life. You'll, you'll start being a sower of the word. The only person that the devil has any authority over is a person that just does not understand. And the reason why we don't understand is because we choose not to understand. We don't give weight. We don't give weight to it. We have so many other things that we give weight to in our life, but we don't give weight to the things of God. Sure, we wish we could be like super, super saint so-and-so or... or we complain about God must not love me as much as this person. But we have no clue that that, how much time that person spent sowing the word of God in his life. How much they walked in faith instead of by sight. How many times that, that, that they had storms in their life happening and they were trusting and believing God. So they didn't talk about the storm. They talked about the goodness of God. And you sit there and think, well, nothing ever happens in their life. No, they're just walking in the kingdom. They're walking in the kingdom. God is not a respecter of persons. It's not the seed's fault. It's our fault. We choose what we do with the seed. We choose what kind of ground it's being planted into. Satan is after the word because he knows that the word works. If that word can find good ground, it's going to produce. All the power of hell can't stop it from producing. And when it grows up, it produces the kingdom of God in your life. Understanding is a gift from God. Understanding is a gift from God. See, these mysteries, Jesus told parables and mysteries, and he says, with seeing they do not see, hearing they do not hear. And he says, he says that these mysteries of God are not a mystery to keep them from you. It's a mystery to keep them for you so that you might seek and that you might find them. We talked about this last week. The only type of person who is open prey to the devil is one who does not understand the word of God. And this understanding is a gift from God. Psalms 32, 8 and 9. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will guide you with my eye. Do not be like the horse or like the mule. We have a lot of donkeys. I'll say donkeys. We have a lot of mules in the church. They want God to force them in his ways. They want God to make them do it. And that's, not, that's the devil. The devil forces. God does not force. He leads. The Holy Spirit leads you. But you have to follow. He says, I will guide them with my eye. Do not be like the horse or like the mule, which have no understanding. The mule and the horse don't know why their master is trying to get them to do what they're trying to, to do. 
And so many Christians don't have understanding that God loves them, that Jesus has accomplished everything, and that God wants their life to be prosperous, that God wants the kingdom of God to be manifest in their life. They don't understand that God is a good God. They don't understand that the reason why God tells us to do certain things is for our benefit, not for his Which, we, which must be harnessed with a bit and bridle, else they will not come near you. Some of us are, drag our feet coming to church instead of just running to the door. Some of us open the Bible with grudgingly and say, thinking that they're doing it because if I don't do this, God won't be happy with me. Just like a bit and a bridle. You're being forced to do it. And the reason that you feel that way is because you don't have understanding. You don't have understanding. Luke chapter 24, Jesus says, Then he said to them, These are the words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that all things must be fulfilled which was written in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me. And he opened their understanding that they might comprehend the Scriptures. The new birth, the Holy Spirit within you, God has opened. You have the mind of Christ. You have the mind of Christ. Where is it? The Bible says you have the mind of Christ and you know all things. And you're sitting there, no, I don't know all things. Yes, you do. The mind of Christ is in your spirit. You're born again spirit. And we need to learn to walk in the spirit not in the flesh, and use the wisdom of God. This is the promises of God. God's not trying to keep understanding from you. He has done everything possible to get it to you. Not only does Jesus want us to have understanding, but look at the Holy Spirit was sent for that purpose. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, God wants you to understand he will teach you all things and bring to remembrance all things that I said to you. Not only do we have the mind of Christ, not only do we have the declaration of God that he wants, we have his Bible, his precepts, so that we can know which way to go in life, we have the Holy Spirit that is the ultimate teacher that leads us and guides us into all truth. And it literally goes on to say that he will even show you things to come. How many would like that? How many of you would like to know things that are to come? Let's apply some, let's, let's apply some understanding. Let's apply some wisdom to that. I, I can share you, see, I, I can share some testimonies of people that, I, I, that have had dreams about a stock market symbol and got up in the morning and typed it in there and found that it's really a stock. The Holy Spirit speaking to them, and they put their money on that stock, and it went up 400%. Do you believe that? Would God do that for you? He says he will show you things to come. But no, we'd rather go work our hands to the bones to earn our paycheck. And say, I'm a self-made man. I'd rather, I'd, re- I'd rather live in grace and by faith go to work 
and by faith trust God, and by faith get in the word of God, and by faith communicate with the Holy Spirit, and let him lead me and teach me and guide me in the ways that I'm to go, and show me things to come, and be obedient when he tells me to do things, and rest in the finished work of Christ. See, the thing of it is, is in the garden, there was no labor before the fall. But Adam still had a job. He was to tend the garden. But it wasn't going to be by the sweat of his brow. But after the fall, then he had to till. He had to work by the sweat of his brow. And you have been redeemed by Christ Jesus. And you have been put in the kingdom of God. And you've been given the Holy Spirit. But you're still working the same way Adam did after the fall. It's time for us to start trusting God. It's time for us to start relying on God. Promotion comes from the Lord. As long as you can live without revelation knowledge, you will. As long as you can go through life with your own understanding, with your own natural mind, with your own hands, your own ability, you will. That's why so many people don't turn to the church, don't turn to God, don't look at the word of God until devastation comes their way. And most of the time, it's too late. Because your heart is hard. Your heart is hard. Does God do miracles even for those people? Does he want to? Yes. But can you receive? That's the question. So many people... They get hit with a doctor report, and all of a sudden, all of a sudden now they want to know about what does God's word say about healing. Do you know the best time to study the word of God about healing? When you're well. So your heart is soft. Pray for other people. And then when sickness tries to get the, the well sick because you are the well you're not the sick trying to get healed you are already healed in Christ Jesus your your heart is already soft to the things of God you've already put your faith in the things of God you've already sowed in the seed and it's the same thing with everything in your life so many people to turn to God when their marriages go south I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings can God still restore the marriage yes but he never wanted you there in the first place. The word of God works. If we work it, if we sow it, we don't need a desperate situation to go to the word of God. Most of you guys, most of the church does not like to hear a preacher or a pastor talk about finances. Why? Because your heart is hard. Your heart is hard concerning finances and the ways of God. And I have let you guys down in that area because I've let the fear of man dictate what I preach to you. We've been here for five years. I, I've taught one series on finances. And when I did, people left the church. I don't care, you can leave. 
I'm preaching it because I love you, not for anything else. I listen. See, it's wrong for me to listen to teachings and read books on finances, God's way of doing things, and just hoard it for myself, eat it for myself, and not sow it into your guys' life. I live by these principles. And if you've been at this church anytime, you know we, we, we govern this church by those principles. We gave 15 last year. 15% of the income that came into this church went back out. Your pastor, I don't tithe, I give. But our hearts are hard concerning these principles. And I tell you what, there are things... Things happen in my life. You know, I work another job. There are things happen in my life that I am almost embarrassed to share with you guys. Because it's, this is a terrible word to use, but it's almost unbelievable how effortless everything is, 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 is in becoming. And God wants to do the same thing in your lives. You know, I'm really going, I'm already over, so who cares? I, I basically have two full-time jobs. I got four kids. And I am, in November, going to, to New York, and I'm up for a rep of the year. And it's not because I'm working harder. It's by the grace of God. And God wants to do the same thing in your lives. Get in the Word. Read books. If you're struggling financially and you're not picking up books about what the Bible, what Jesus, the gospel says about finances, get understanding. And it's best to do it before you have financial problems. Same thing with healing. Same thing with righteousness. Same thing with all of this. It's just a great, it's like a Christmas morning and you're opening packages and say, oh, this is for me. Oh, and this is for me and this is for me. That's what the gospel's all about. It's not about us trying to give a gift to God. It's realizing the gift that has been given to us through Jesus Christ. Look at this promise. I'm done. Look at this promise. Second, Second Chronicles 16.9. It says, for the eyes of the Lord move to and fro throughout the earth. It's saying that God's eyes are darting all over the earth. Darting all over the earth. Why? Why is his eyes darting all over the earth? That he may strongly support those whose hearts is completely his. Do you know that God's waiting for you? God is waiting to strongly support you walking out in faith on the word, which is Christ, on the provision, which is Christ. He wants to strongly support you. He's looking all over just waiting, waiting for you to step out, waiting for you to do it, waiting for you to sow the word so that he can produce the harvest. 
That's amazing. And that's the good news. The good news is that God's not against us. He's not holding anything back. He's waiting to strongly support us if we'll just trust him. If we will not lean to our own understanding, not lean to our own understanding, but in all our ways acknowledge him. And he will direct our path. Amen? Amen. Amen. Well, hopefully you got stirred up a little bit. And the good news is, is that God's not mad at you. He's waiting. And he wants to show himself strong. He wants to strongly support you. He wants to strongly support your family. Every area of your life, all the promises of God are yes, and in Christ Jesus find their amen. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for the word. We thank you for the written word. And we thank you for the manifest word, Jesus Christ. We thank you that we can look at the word and we can look at Jesus and we can compare the two. And if they don't look like the same thing, we know that we're not seeing or understanding you completely. But when the Holy Spirit that you promised to give gives us revelations, teaches us, and we can see Christ written on those pages, and we can see the promises of God, and that we can see that in Christ that we they find their yes and their amen, and that you are looking, searching throughout the world, Lord, to show yourself strong, to strongly support those that has tilled their hearts, softened their hearts, and sown the word that you are going to strongly support that and you're going to bring a harvest in their life. Father, we thank you. We thank you're not against us, but you're for us and you want us to succeed and you want us to have victory. You want us to be ambassadors for Christ. You, you want the world to look at the church and see the kingdom of God. And we thank you that as this congregation, as your people, Start sowing the word in their lives. Giving weight to the word of God in their lives. You're going to produce that harvest. And right now we receive that in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 That's good, church. You've been listening to a message from Karis New Testament Church. For more information or to contact us, go to www. .caristntc.org And remember, you are deeply loved, highly favored, and destined to reign in Christ Jesus.